We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, And I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Chew and Bet Online. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, joined by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz.com. Sean, we had a good show earlier in the week looking at uh, two of your recent pieces up on the website. I'm looking forward on today's show as well. We're going to highlight the way um, for somebody who we have talked about his uh, work on a number of occasions on the show. We're going to really shine the spotlight on it today. A fantastic piece by Michael Dubner looking at some of the frameworks and mindsets that maybe uh, you need to change when you're approaching your rosters um, heading into this season or in the off season. So looking forward to, to shining the light on that and well, as always a little bit of Curtis Patrick's uh, stuff to talk through <laughs> towards the end of the show. Uh, Never, never too much uh, Curtis uh, information can be shared on the podcast. Sean, as we get ready uh, for this one, diving into a lot of good information, how, how are you today? Excited. Michael Dubner's piece here is really cool. It's going to be great to talk through that. We've got some sleepers from Curtis. And, you know, sleepers, I, I think, are some of the most fun things to talk about in Dynasty. They get a little bit of a bad rap. But basically, you know, we're looking at those guys who could come out of nowhere and win your league for you. That's certainly the thing people want to know about. And then 
we'll discuss just a little bit of one of my articles at the very end. We wanted to start out again today with the FFPC stat attack. And today we're going to look a little bit more at best ball. We're going to jump over to best ball in FFPC that have been drafted in the last two weeks. So you're getting very up-to-date information through our best ball and FFPC specific best ball tool there. Cam Akers comes in at running back 24 at 406, right? That means we've already moved into running backs being selected for the flex position by the second half of the fourth round. Listeners to the show on Tuesday will probably have some thoughts on how that fits in with what we want to do strategy-wise. We also have some cool thoughts from Michael on best ball. He's a best ball guru, so certainly want to listen to him on that. We'll talk about acres. We'll talk about the situation with the running backs. We'll talk about best ball as we get into four mental frameworks that will change the way you think about fantasy football. Yeah, and also, as always, with the FFP stat attack, the FFPC is the home of the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry, including Dynasty, Best Ball, and, of course, the world-famous FFPC main event. To learn more or to join a league, head on over to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. And as Sean mentioned already, a handful of excellent, specifically FFPC design tools to help you dominate over there at myffpc.com. Sean, you mentioned the four mental frameworks that will change the way you think about fantasy football by Michael Dubner. Uh, some some phenomenal takes on here, you know, and I, I think that it's kind of a way of uh, challenging uh, maybe even your own uh, thought process when you're, you're diving into it. The first one up is supply and demand. And th- there'll be some people you know listening supply and demand or what is it going to mean sometimes people will overemphasize supply and demand and then in other situations they'll underemphasize it it's about trying to get that balance correct and knowing as you've mentioned on a number of different shows the format of the league and what creates that supply and demand kind of phenomenon so you know, when we're looking at it at the different positions, um, specifically, and if you start to get into super flex, you're going to have more of a demand for those quarterbacks. But if you're in kind of standard leagues, you know, JJ Zacharyson, you know, we'll know about the late round quarterback strategy. And you've been doing a lot of work recently as well on baseball leagues and quarterback strategy and how to kind of get that, you know, and implement it to perfection. When we're looking at then into the running backs, and really the supply and demand is going to evolve. And you're probably seeing this as we talked about on a, a, the show earlier in the week. And you mentioned about the amount of running backs that are going earlier in some of those dynasty formats. And it really is that elite tier and then that's probably pulling some of those guys that maybe shouldn't be as high as they are into a little bit of a higher tier when you get into those kind of secondary options um and, and the reason for that is here michael calls it the running back story continued do you think when we get into supply and demand there is some key mistakes that people do uh, in terms of one of the the key positions of maybe sometimes i would say the tight end as well some people go in with you know maybe reliance solely on one tight end uh you know and and maybe a league where you only have to start one and then you have your flex options uh similar for you'll see owners in your league who really go for the running back position and then maybe are uh undervaluing the wide receiver position and vice versa do you think there's one common one that you would see across leagues running back is certainly the position where we get the most interesting and in some cases odd conclusions that people arrive at 
because of supply and demand. Now, we know that there is this limited supply of these superstar running backs. And one of the things that I always like to encourage owners to consider is what you're paying for is points, right? You really want to emphasize those points in your starting lineup. Certainly now where we have gotten to where we do have these running backs who are scoring just a crazy number of points. And then we continue to have what we've always had, where there are a limited number of clear-cut running back starters that you can see six months out or even in August or early September going into the season, right? So if you want to have that what feels like certainty, there are a limited number of guys you can take. And that kind of pushes us in a couple of different directions, some of which are successful, some of which are very, very unsuccessful. This first one is just this idea of having those running backs who are scoring in the 20 to you know almost 30 point per game range with Christian McCaffrey. Those guys definitely return victories for you. And they create a situation where then you can build the rest of your roster off of them in a way that gives you a ton of upside with that little bit of safety. Now, there's always the chance that guy can be injured, but you just have to take that risk up there at the very top. We see that in Dynasty, where those guys are the most expensive assets in terms of what they cost and what they'll bring back in in trade at that moment. We see that in terms of best ball, where those first round running backs have the best win rates and set up for the best construction in terms of win rates, not just the win rates of those guys by themselves, but what they can do for you constructing the rest of your lineup. Once we move away from that, however, we see a very different dynamic take place. On Tuesday, we talked about the Win the Flex app that Blair has built. We talked a little bit about Jack Miller, who wrote an article last year uh, saying, why are we drafting so many of these running backs in rounds three through six when we're getting nearly identical production in rounds seven through 10? Now, last year threw a little bit of a wrench into things because this running back dead zone that we've talked about performed extremely well. They had great health, which isn't something that we tend to see from the guys in the dead zone, because a lot of these guys in the dead zone have a lot of touches, which is why people are drafting them there that's not great for a running back who number one isn't scoring you enough points and then number two has that injury risk these guys stayed healthy last year they scored points jack has studied this phenomenon at the end of the season and found that they scored 29 percent more points than the previous than the average of the previous four years right unfortunately even with that they managed to have a below average win rate in best ball leagues so we're basically looking at 2019 as being a best case scenario and a best case scenario that maybe didn't help owners as much as it feels like because if you don't go in if you don't look at the roster construction construction explorer that mike beers has built which is a phenomenal tool i mean all of the tools on the site i love i'm obviously biased so the fact that i love them maybe (laughs) isn't as important as the fact that so many of our users really like them we had some notes recently about how the prospect labs we have the running back prospect lab we have the wide receiver prospect lab that they were worth the price of the subscription by themselves we love to hear that feedback for my money I think the running the roster construction explorers are things that you just simply won't see elsewhere. And they give you these insights into what's actually happening with your team and within your league that you wouldn't get otherwise. And one of the things that we see is just that even in this sort of dream season, 
for the running back dead zone, it still wasn't quite as successful as you might think. Now, that's not to say that any of those guys who performed extremely well from that range last year that you wouldn't have liked to have had on your team. The problem is just that when you're going forward, you know, can you count on that again? One of the problems that we have and the problem that Dubner has uh, mentioned here for us is that these guys are now getting even more expensive and they were expensive to start with. And so he talks about how the RB32 is coming off the board before the end of the sixth round. That's earlier than it was in either of the last two seasons. Last year, running back 30 was at pick 72. 2018, running back 31 was at pick 73. So little by little, getting more expensive. We've talked about that in our FFP stat attacks. And so that's something that we want to be aware of when we're looking at supply, we're looking at demand, but we're going beyond that to simply say, okay, we want to vacuum up these running backs. We need to understand how supply and demand how it works with the stars, how it works with the second tier, and how it works with perhaps a broader third or fourth tier, a broader zero running back group than many people are giving it credit for. Yeah, exactly. And the next one up in terms of the framework is thinking in terms of range of outcomes. And, you know, this is something that I think you mentioned loving the tools on the site. This is something I think that the tools on the site really elevate themselves in a, a very, very particular and functional way, both when you're in season and both when you're getting ready for a season. And it's in terms of using the, the projection machine, um, using the different tools like the range of outcomes app, you know, going back going back in time, back to the GLSP days to, to set those lineups and get things to, to try and see where things might fall. And it's just something that makes your life so so much easier when you dive into it but rather than thinking of uh you know this player is going to go in at this adp and is going to finish at this adp like in a best case scenario you need to use those range of outcomes and see where players are going to potentially land between rather than have a very specific idea in your head to, to develop where those are going to come the other part that's interesting that he mentions here is the distribution so when you talk about the range of outcomes the distribution's even from week to week game to game and then from entire season so we do see those players who are more compilers at the end of the season they're going to finish as a you know top 36 wide receiver but you know they've had only one or two weeks where they're going to have you know any substantial points that are going to help you really push you over the edge that week so it's more of a, a continuous average where we've seen in the past where you know players like will fuller you know might have those down weeks but they're going to have those weeks as well that are really going to push you over the top to, to win those contests so um the other the other parts in it embracing uncertainty that kind of comes in with those projections as well that there will be players that the uncertainty is going to be there and he highlights uh aj brown last year as a, a prime example not too many people were happy with the landing spot after the draft, uh, but based on what he did uh, throughout the season, and particularly in those last kind of uh, five, six weeks of the season, uh, really showed you know where that uncertainty and where the value can come into that. Um, out of those three, Sean, I know they're all going to be very important to your thought process, but uh, using projections, the distributions, or embracing uncertainty, which one of those, if you had to rank them in order, would you be would you be going with at the top? Well, embracing uncertainty is just is the real key to fantasy football. You have a lot of jumping in. I think that you know you discussed the trade um, on the show earlier this week, and I think that um, embracing uncertainty would probably be a, a key decision in that that we talked about on on Tuesday's show. Definitely, and and I think that you know there's so much focus on you know can we predict usage? Can we look to be a little bit more? perfect in terms of this prediction or that prediction and 
trying to find those advantages, I think, are where you really hurt yourself as a fantasy football player. You create this false certainty, and you also elevate in your rankings players who don't have the upside to really win leagues for you. Now, that doesn't mean that you go out there and you are selecting all of the sleepers, all of the breakout players, multiple rounds before their ADP. That's not going to work for you either because then you take on all of this risk without getting the upside that you want at the levels that you need to take the guys. But when we're looking at range of outcomes, there are a lot of different tools on the site that will help you go through that process. One of the really cool things about the projection machine and Mike Beers is getting this set up for 2020, making putting the final touches on that. So you can go through and look at every individual roster project, the individual components of that project the players out And one of the reasons why I recommend going through this kind of activity is not so much even to come up with projections at the end. I think that in a lot of ways, projections can actually hurt you when you're trying to put together your board. But you want to go through this so you can explore the different scenarios that would make a player a value, who would make the player a bust, who would make the player a breakout league winner, and understand how those different types of things interact and understand just how much uncertainty there really is. One of the things that Blair looked at in one of his wrong reads last year is just how bad ADP is at projecting end of season results and how bad expert predictions are. Now this isn't to say, Oh, ADP is useless or experts don't know what they're talking about. Far from that. I mean, certainly experts are a great source of information for us as we're trying to learn about the players we're trying to learn about the teams we're trying to learn about the tactics but we still want to go in with a lot of humility in terms of what's actually going to happen in the season and then construction construct our rosters around this idea of humility and the tools on the site from the projection machine to the range of outcomes to the gillespie will all help you do that and will help you in the various formats of fantasy as well because we want different types of things in redraft and dynasty and best ball and dfs and so being able to look at the ranges that players can score in both historically how they project in the following week all of those different types of things are very valuable in understanding what can happen for the coming season and not to get locked in on okay this is the most likely outcome for this player so that's what's going to happen this is the most likely outcome for this player By the time that season starts, we tend to find that rankings and projections have really started to close toward uh, a group think for the society, for the community, because these discussions of what's most likely to happen leads us as a group to come up with certain scenarios that we really do feel are most likely. Unfortunately, those are not the scenarios that happen simply because there are so many things that could come into play. We have the injuries, we have team changes, we have coaching changes, we have game flow within each and every game. And very quickly, we move off of what seemed like the most likely outcome was going to be before the season started. If you've prepared for that, and you've drafted your entire team around that idea, that doesn't mean that you're going to suddenly be right or that because you have explored some of the other scenarios that now your team is perfectly positioned to take advantage of everything that happens. That's simply not the way that it works either. But you have a lot more flexibility. You have a lot more ability for your team to grow through the season. You have put together a dynasty team that has a lot more 
potential for its trade value to increase as opposed to decline. And so going through this process that Michael describes here is hugely important for building your teams across the different formats. Before we get into the second half of the show, I want to let you know about our buddies over at Bet Online. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive betting partner online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL nba and ufc events 24 7 or you can participate in the ten thousand dollar madden bracket challenge a march madden style nfl simulation tournament you can enter for free don't miss out on that and coming up this sunday bet online has ex chicago bulls horace grant bill cartwright and craig hodges joining them to discuss the michael jordan documentary on what they're calling after the dance and i watched part nine and part ten earlier today i really loved the series so i'm going to check out that this coming sunday on bet online visit betonline.ag and use the promo code bluewire to receive your welcome bonus and check out all the action bet online your online wagering solution code bluewire I also want to let you know about our friends over at Blue Chew. Guys, are you looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Head on over to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. The other bonus is you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't have to head on over to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. BlueChew's online physician is free of cost and once approved your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging here's the great deal for all our loyal listeners visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use the code bluewire just pay the five dollars shipping again the promo code is bluewire and that's bluechew.com promo code bluewire Sean, we talked through uh, the first two parts of the mental framework, um, you know, that's in Michael's piece. There is two others, um, and I'm going to urge the listeners, rather than go through them here, I'm going to urge them to head on over uh, and read it on the the website. But one that I would ask them to to look into, I think, is a very interesting part of the overall uh, piece is that they consider the opposite. And it's something that I do a lot is to to try and, as you're kind of looking through the range of outcomes, you might think, as you kind of hinted at there a moment ago, everything's going to go perfect, uh, and that's the best case scenario. Uh, always always consider that wider range of outcomes where uh, things do not go as according to plan we're going to wrap up here with the two other pieces we're going to highlight the first one is curtis patrick uh, seven veteran sleepers to supercharge your drafts uh, for this season a couple of interesting names in there and as we as we go towards the end of the show we're not going to dive into all of the players and you know, looking at one of the guys in there, we've highlighted a couple of times in the show, Matthew Stafford. Um, so I'm going to skip past him as I look to, to which one I'm going to highlight here. But one of the players, I think, and you, you mentioned this on the show earlier in the week with the running backs and the team that we thought would be ideal for a, a rookie running back to land in and uh, didn't happen. And that was uh, the Miami Dolphins. They have a backfield now of Jordan Howard and, and Matt Breida. We've both talked about Breda uh, quite a number of times over the the last year and a half on the show, and hope hoped that he would get a bigger opportunity and things would work out. Whether it was that he was consistently hobbling off the field to return again to action, but never at a hundred percent health, or if it was then that the opportunities didn't go his way um, last season, and you know just end zone production is the one area that i always think is just missing from his game if we could find the end zone a little bit more with Matt Breda. But I think that backfield situation in, in Miami is one to to watch out and. 
Curtis has mentioned about the, the veteran aspect of it. We talked about on the show uh, last week or earlier this week, sorry, about when those rookies come in and how quickly some of those veterans' values can fall off. Well, we have a situation here where we have two veterans, no rookie drafted. So maybe one of these guys can gain value over the over the next six months or so. But I, I couldn't say that I was able to say with all certainty, um, you know, I couldn't put my house on it. Uh, but I think Matt Breida uh, has an opportunity here to become the lead back. And I think with that in mind, he is one to, to have, uh, you know, in those trade talks, if you can get him onto your rosters. I, I wouldn't be against getting Jordan Howard, but um, my my thoughts would be that Breida is the better of the two running backs. I think it could be a, a, a good value. But I hinted at it too. Breida doesn't get in the end zone enough, and Jordan Howard uh, does get in the end zone uh, Quite, quite a large amount uh, when you consider the two of them uh, together he's been in the the end zone seven times nine times nine times and seven times uh, over the last four seasons so that is one area he can punch it in but uh, let's see what happens with with Miami but out of that article with Curtis that's the one I'm leaning into but there's a few other names in there that I think you really should be paying attention to to see um, because they're they're all rolling under the radar they're all veterans that are being overlooked and i think you can get those guys in there and get a mixture of youth and some of those veterans and really push your team to success in 2020 sean the other piece that i wanted to, to talk about is carrying on i think it was last thursday show we talked about you know trading down and drafts and and how to, to look at that based on how things happen now in the first kind of six picks versus that kind of i guess pick 109 all the way back to uh, 205 kind of range and how you'll be doing for your, your rookie drafts but you've talked about tre- treacherous 2020 rookie drafts you've called it and how to navigate it at uh, players to to you know trade you know back for move for and in, in drafts and, and how to work it is there any particular aspects of the article that, that you want to highlight uh, again i would be urging everyone to head over and read it but um just uh, as, a, as a quick tease for the listeners well this was a fun one because i I think that this draft is crazier than really any that we've seen in recent memory because those running backs went to depth charts that aren't great because Lamb and Judy go to depth charts that aren't great. And then certainly in Superflex, you have the quarterbacks throwing another wrinkle into the equation. So in this article, I went through the first round. I gave readers the guided draft if you have to stay. And then options for trading down, both specific guys to move down for, ranges to move into, what you would want to get back when you're trading out of that spot. And so really looking at the first round as uh, not just one static stanza but something where we almost have a multiple universe approach to it where we're looking at all of the different scenarios that we could come up with and how it would affect it if you want to move down through different portions of it so colin we're just going to finish with a rapid fire here today i'm going to ask you about a few trades and you're just going to tell me quickly if you're going to stay and make the pick or you're going to move down so we'll start in the top three if you are in super flex, you're looking for a QB, you're in the top three, stay there for Burrow or trade down for Tua? I think I would trade down uh, depending on what I can get in there. So I, I think, you know, it's 1A and 1B for me on those two quarterbacks. So I would be uh, moving down if I can. Okay. At number four, stay there for J.K. Dobbins or trade down for whoever ends up being the cheapest of Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift? I would be staying for Dobbins. Um Curtis had a, a great uh, conversation with us a couple of weeks ago. Um, Dobbins, I, I think, out of those three, um, kind of the highest upside. 
Okay, we also had in our bold predictions segment on show 100, we had Pete who had uh, an awesome diatribe for us on the value of the running backs early versus just getting those stud wide receivers. In this scenario, you are again at number four, stay there for a running back or move back for Lamb or Judy. So this is the kind of same question as before, except you're giving me the option of getting back for for Lammer Judy. So I'm going to take that step back, and uh, I, I would rather one of the wide receivers. Um, I would be tempted to take them at spot four, but I would be looking to to move back in that situation and get one of them rather than the or running backs in the last question. This is an interesting one, I think, because you go in you look at our adp tools we've got some different formats in there uh, that will give you a good look at what your specific type of format would be regardless of what you're playing and in all the different formats there is a big break right now where lamb and judy are going much lower almost exclusively we see taylor and clyde edwards alaire at the top i did however in my draft this weekend have lamb go number one i think that's justified uh, the best player in this draft outside of perhaps Jonathan Taylor, who now is in that uh, tricky situation with the Dolphins. So if you move back from four, there's a chance you might not get Lamb because there are at least a few people who are going out there and getting that superstar wide receiver. Okay, number six, stay there for Lamb or trade back for Jalen Rager. This is a tough one. This is a, a real, real tough one. As we've seen over the last couple of weeks and we've talked about it, in terms of Rager's landing spot and how things can can work out there, I still think that I'm I'm staying for Lamb in that particular situation. Um, I think long term, I still still think it's a better a better player and a better landing spot long term um, for Lamb. Okay, and finally at number eleven, and we'll sort of assume that Rager is off the board here, although he certainly isn't always. At number eleven, and and we're looking at these as super flex leagues. If they're not, just sort of move up your you know adjust for where the running backs wide receivers etc will be taken in your draft pull those qbs out and you get a good sense of of how that transition is made at number 11 stay there for just for jefferson or trade back for one of a group of maybe four four to six second round wide receivers so chenault's still there at this point he is yeah i'd be i would be trading back at, at that point um i i like kind of two or three of the guys that are going in that range that you just you just mentioned that i would be moving back at that point uh my thoughts now sean are i've mentioned through those kind of five questions is there any of them that you disagree most strongly with no i think that that is also the way that i would do it i think there are certain rosters where maybe if you can get a pretty decent amount to move back from dobbins to acres you might take that although if you have a specific target of acres there you could certainly lose him if you move back more than a spot you could lose him at number four if that's the guy that the people in your league are more concerned about i think this is a a fun draft i think if you can move back you should definitely do that it does get tricky moving back outside of the top 12 because owners do have that group beyond jefferson ranked fairly even evenly in many cases you would certainly need to know or get a sense that someone in your league uh, definitely wants a t higgins or wants an Ayuk, wants a Pittman to be able to move up certainly if you move down and they move into the spot for the guy you wanted uh, that's not ideal hopefully maybe you have two guys there out of that sort of 
first half of the second round tier of receivers if you have two guys then you can move back with a little bit more confidence uh, certainly we see that jefferson is someone who has really separated and is sticking in that first round there it's interesting i think once you move out of that range to see how people are valuing mims and higgins Pittman, Ayuk, Chenault. I mentioned on the show on Tuesday that I think Claypool probably deserves to be up with some of the players in that group. And then certainly we discussed our favorites, which we probably wouldn't put him in the group with those guys from our top of second round people. But definitely a draft to move around in. I think that sometimes it is difficult in drafts like this because people do think the board is flat at the same time it's very justified to have individual favorites to have a lamb to have a judy somebody you definitely want to get up for and so i've seen a lot of trades and seen a lot of trades for actually quite a bit of value certainly seen numerous trades where the value isn't that much but if you have two guys who are even move back even if they're not going to give up much to you it's something and it creates good feeling going forward it makes some of those uh, future trades easier to make when you've let someone move up for someone they liked in a situation where it didn't hurt you it's easy to sit there and say well if i give a trade that's really not great value for me right now sort of in a vacuum even if it benefits me because that's the guy i was going to take anyway i need to kind of stick to my guns and make sure i get good value or then the next 10 trade offers i get are going to be very light I don't think that's the way to look at it. Certainly there may be some cases where there's some truth to that, but I say try to make as many trades as you can, uh, develop good relationships with as many owners in your league as you can, because that'll get you more trade offers coming in. It'll smooth the way for more actual trades to go through. All of those trades should be beneficial for both you and your trade partner, uh, not beneficial for the other 10 owners in your league. So the more trades you can be involved in, the more you're, roster continues to grow and grow compared to the rest of the group try and do everything you can to set yourself up for not just trades now but trades later through how you work these uh, first second third rounds of this crazy and very very entertaining 2020 rookie draft yeah absolutely and as i always like to, to mention uh finishing up the show um obviously you can get a 10 percent discount to rotaviz.com we've talked to a couple of articles on the site would recommend heading on over and of course you can get set up you can get your 10 percent off and uh, all you have to do to do that is head on over to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information or use the code 2020 rv radio at checkout while buying that subscription up on the site for that 10 percent off as all as also mentioned on the show earlier this week we are keeping that open for a chance to win a one month uh, nfl pass for rotoviz by written and reviewing the podcast head on over to your favorite podcast app drop us a five-star review that will be discontinuing this friday the competition will close and then i'll be getting down to the business of getting the the drawing done uh, and letting the people know who has won a one month uh, add-on or a one month subscription to uh, rotoviz.com so do get involved and that helps support the podcast we really do appreciate it that's going to do it for today's edition of the show if you haven't listened to the show earlier this week as well head on over and check that one out as well two very enjoyable ones this week my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland check out sean's piece that we talked about uh the navigating the trencherous 2020 rookie drafts check that out and fall over on the site and of course the two articles that we mentioned earlier on in the week we'll be back next week with another two episodes and until then have a good one 
Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.